Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. We're back. This week's guest is Charlie Marquardt, a former D3 star and graduate of Haverford College, who burst onto the national scene last year with some memorable performances in the mile, most notably shattering the sub-4 barrier with a 355 at the 2018 Sir Walter Miler. Charlie is still unsponsored, working full-time, and running for Bryn Mawr Running Company down in Pennsylvania. And we really got into the ins and outs of that blue-collar running training lifestyle from everything from morning runs to overnight bus trips and everything in between. We also covered some of our best trail run names, some crazy track meet hypotheticals, and an epic Twitter exchange about food categories, um, a game that you will want to play along with as you listen. Trust me, it's weird and delightful fun. (laughs) The day after recording, Charlie opened up his indoor season with a 359 in the mile at BU's Terrier Invitational. Sorry this episode is so late now that indoor track is back underway and my own schedule is a little lighter. Check in for new episodes semi-regularly with new guests and old friends. As always, follow us on the places you follow people. And until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. going to say I'd offer you seltzer, except for the fact that I'm drinking my last one. Oh, it's rough, dude. <laughs> Welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Melly, uh, and we're here this week with a uh, visitor to Boston. Um, he's in town for the race tomorrow, uh, which will have already happened by the time people hear this, but uh, Charlie Mark- Marquardt? Marquardt. Marquardt. Uh, Charlie's in town from Philly. Uh, he's a represents the Bryn Mawr Running Company, um, and as a Haverford grad, um, he is here in town, second time in Kinross, because the first time you're in Kinross, you were nursing your uh, yeah. road rash there, um, but yeah, how, how are things going? How's life? Things are good, you know, got in today, pretty pretty smooth travel, um, I'm feeling good, I'm feeling confident, and I'm uh, excited to get, you know, back, run some fast miles. All right, so so everyone will know how you did tomorrow uh, when this is coming out. So like, what just are we making making any predictions? What do we think? I just I'm just you trying to win. Call your shot? I'm just trying to win because um, I just think that's you know my best races come from just trying to win. I think the field looks good so that it's uh, you know it's a good amount of competition, not too much, not too little. You know, it should be perfect. It's a good good track to run fast. Definitely. That, uh, what is it, Kyle Merber, somebody calls it a downhill track or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a good one over at BU. Nice. Well, we will hopefully uh, kick the season off to a good start tomorrow. Um, no drive this time, didn't you? Was yeah. it this time last year when you like took a bus up or something? Yeah, or so that... last year for uh, Valentine, I think it was. Yeah, I took a, I took a overnight bus. Um, the I guess it would have gotten me up like, the Friday morning, uh, so I left Thursday night, got up Friday morning, didn't sleep at all on the bus, really, tried to take a big nap when I, during the day on Friday, but it was just generally unpleasant, uh, but yeah, this time, just, just flew up on Friday morning, got in, like, right around midday, settled in, and, uh, it's been a pretty nice, slow day. Philly to Boston is an easy flight. It, it, it was, like, 20 minutes early. <laughs> yeah, that's, my, well, 
as you know, my family is now lives down in Swarthmore mm-hmm. over by you, and um, the advantage of flying over driving whenever you can is so nice. It's like it takes longer to get from my house to Logan than it does to get from Boston Ex- to Philly. Exactly. Like, like I think the Armory is is the absolute outer limit of what I would drive to. If there was like a if there was a track like thirty minutes farther away than the Armory, I probably wouldn't go to it or I'd find another way to go to it I would not want to drive there yeah no fun that my my like uh like IT band gets so fucked up from driving like especially if I'm the one driving even if I'm I did a half that was about three it was Albany so it was like two and a half three Mm -hmm. hours away and I literally I think stopped like two or three times on the drive to get out and stretch just because I was not didn't want to mess around I I did the Liberty Mile um over the summer in Pittsburgh and so I drove from Philly to Pittsburgh um, no problem. It was like a little over four hours. It was fine. Then I drove the next day. I was meeting some family in uh, the Buffalo area, so I drove to Buffalo, stayed over the night there, and then drove from Buffalo back to Philly. It was like a six and a half, seven hour drive. Not fun. And it was and, and the thing. It was like for me, it's just stressful because like my heart rate is elevated when I drive. I I've noticed that ever since I got like you know heart rate watch, hmm. and it said I'd burned like five thousand calories that day just because my heart rate was like over a hundred for. A very long time. Do you get very stressed out? I, I mean, <laughs> sort of. I mean, I drive manual, which on the highway isn't as big of a deal, but also yeah. it's like a, a tiny car, and cars drive fast on the highway, and I guess it's it's a little stressful. I get very angry when I drive in Boston, but I, that's I've never thought about heart rate and driving. That's I'm gonna I'm very low tech. I don't even have a smartwatch, so yeah. I'll have to look into that. What do you drive? I drive a uh, 2004 Honda Accord. Nice uh, Honda Squad. Yeah, exactly. I, got, I have a Civic, but I'm I'm very happy with my car. Um, it's I'm the second owner. Um, I had to learn how to drive manual to uh, to buy it. Nice. Um, but I got a sweet deal on it. It's got pretty low miles for how old it is. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. What was the first car you? What you're like? Uh, the first car you owned, or like the car you learned to drive on yeah, in high school? So in high school, we had a, a Honda CRV, 2009, just total base model Honda CRV, uh, and I love that car, and I really want uh, a CRV again yeah. eventually. Dude, uh, the, the hatchback is a sexy look. I, I used is. to have a Subaru station wagon, and it was like such a dad car, but it's so it is useful. I love Subarus, and I love I love uh, yeah the Honda CRV. Man, that that <laughs> car is a great car. I, I, did it die or did it just go? My, uh, my sister, uh, crashed it and totaled it. And then she wanted to, uh, because she was in high school at the time, so she had the word, she was going to be driving it still to, you know, mm-hmm. school every year for a year. So she kind of got a word in like, you know, okay, what is the next car that the family will have? Um, and she, her like dream car is like a Jeep, like a red Jeep Wrangler. Okay. Which is just a really not Basic a, white girl car. <laughs> yes. Um, and so because of that, we had just have like, we have like a Jeep Cherokee, which is like a fine car, mm. but it, it's not a Honda CRV. Yeah, it's no Honda. It's not, everyone knows that Hondas are way sexier than Jeeps. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Well, so you're, you're still working full time, right? Yeah, still working full time. Um, I plan to work full time till the, uh, about the time Pen Relays rolls around. Um, and then at that time I'll, I'm, you know, we'll pretty much be working very, very rarely at my job. Um, and then it, my girlfriend is starting med school in the fall, so we'll be moving, um, in the summer. Do you know where? Um, she, her heart is 99% set on University of Florida in Gainesville, 
So better winters. That's yeah, for sure. exactly. Better winters. Um, and so that's that's where I think is going to happen. And so we're going to move out there sometime in the summer. Uh, cool. So you guys, between med school and pro runner life, you'll be nice and poor together. Yes. <laughs> that's good. You guys live together now. Yeah, we do. Oh, cool. Wonderful. That, well, that's exciting. Big changes in store. I don't think there are any pro groups in uh, Gainesville, Florida that there I'm aware of. Yeah. You, there you are any, start one. There are <laughs> any pro groups, yeah, but I mean, Solinsky is, is the distance coach at University of Florida, which I think a lot of people um, may not know. Oh, um, so yeah. there's that. There is, um, there's like a, a, a pretty good guy. He's like a 64 minute half marathon, like 219 marathon guy in there who's sort of like a coach. Um, and the, the group isn't, I, the group kind of reflects, I, I guess, you know, what kind of people you, you get in a kind of a smaller, um, sort of college town in yeah. Florida, which is sort of a, a weird mix <laughs> of, of different uh, demographics. But, you know, it's, I, I bet, you know, there's a good, good culture there. Yeah. I'll need a couple, couple good people to train with. You yeah. Know. It, it, it's the thing that is surprising that it's no, um, once a runner, um, there's no more Frank Shorter running around, I guess. <laughs> well, I know, yeah, I feel like I've seen on Instagram, everyone's down in Tallahassee for, for the winter. And yeah, Tall- all Tallahassee. All down there. Did you, ever, did you ever do Club Nats down there? I never did. It's, um, a, it's a fun course. I yeah, I mean, I've, I've been to, because um, my girlfriend is from Florida, so I've been down there several times. Uh, she's from the Tampa area, so that's not too far away from where Gainesville is. Um, and I, I think Florida's actually a pretty, um, Florida gets a bad rap, I think, it's it's a pretty nice place. We had one place, so both my junior and senior year regionals was in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And there was this one bar that we went to after everyone got done, like both nights, that was like literally like one of the most fun bars I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this random hole in the wall in Jacksonville. And it was like so fun. And then we like went back the next year because it was mm-hmm. super fun there. So, you yeah. know. It's, there's lots of old people, and, you know, it, the weather is disgusting in the <laughs> summer, but take it, you get the better winters, and you get, uh... Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the humidity, I, just give me, like, two weeks, you may just, just throw me into it, and the two, first two weeks is gonna be awful, but then I'll be fine. You get used to it in no time. You're from, you're from California, right? Yeah, from California, it's a dry heat. Southern? Uh, yeah, Southern California, uh, Pasadena area. Alright, so you'll be, at least, you, so how has staying in the uh northeast bend and does it you ever just want to go back and be like no fuck the winter i'm just going back <laughs> i mean yeah there are definitely you know definitely times where you know when it's like single digits outside and or the snow is like messing up all the public transit and stuff you're just like this would never happen in southern california yeah but then there is no public transit so there, there, <laughs> there is man i i took i took uh i took public transit um my freshman year of high school and then over one summer, I worked at U. I did worked in a lab at USC, and I took public transit um, every day. Okay. Okay. So it it is there. It is uh, good, and uh, but it does need to be uh, more. More. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was like the, when when her came out, the movie her. Oh and yeah. It's like it's like set in like near future Los Angeles, and there and he's there's like a scene where he's on like a you can see like a, a light rail map in the background and I was like, oh my God, make this real. <laughs> can we, yeah, this was, we don't need the AI. We just need a better subway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always, um, the, the one thing we have, although everyone wants to complain about the tea here. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how much of an advantage we have. Um, do you like, do you, so are you like, do you train just pretty much on your own now or? Yeah, pretty much. Um, most days it's, it's just me. 
um, just doing the same kind of handful of loops around uh, Haverford uh, that I've, I've always done. Um, if I'm lucky, I run into someone I know. Um, and then on the weekends, you know, I can I can plan to meet up with some other people. We just recently started a, a really really cool long run group with uh, a Run Your Mouth alum, uh, Marty Hehir. It's I saw it. Yeah, it was yeah, like... me, Marty, Pat Tiernan, uh, Mo Rezzi, Alfredo Santana, uh, Chris Hatler, a couple other guys. That's uh, you guys could have a pretty solid four by mile or exactly. six by mile. We, 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 were, we were we were thinking of putting together one for uh for the four by mile tomorrow at Dr. Sander. Oh yeah. But uh, it all it kind of fell through. But uh, that I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty good team for all in mile shape. Do you get to train with those Philly TC guys or ever or just like? Um, not really. Uh, just mostly because. We're just different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like Chris Adler is Philly TC, so we meet up for some of the long runs, you know. But for the most part, I'm just you know working with my coach, and I still work oh, out with so. the Haverford with the Haverford team a lot. So that's kind of my that's my always team. nice. Yeah, have the have the squad around, even if it's just like for easy runs. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get the chance to run with them during work days, just because I start my runs like two hours later than they do. What you're saying, college kids don't uh, <laughs> just randomly want to. Abide by nine to five hours. Yeah, what? You you don't want to start your run at nine at six thirty. <laughs> I saw you've been killing the the morning running this year, right? I have, Is that except, a New Year's resolution? Except for the past two days, because oh. it was it was you gotta, you gotta sleep it was that, pouring man. it was pouring cold rain on Thursday, and I was like, you know what? I'm racing this weekend. I'll be fine if I just miss one. And this morning I had to wake up like really early, so I decided to not uh, do it, but. You know, up until then, yeah, hitting those morning runs, way, way more morning runs than I did last year. I did three of five days last week, and I was very proud of myself. I'm yeah. the worst morning runner in that, the that, world. That's so. what I was, that's what I was like, um, it was actually an, until uh, my girlfriend and I moved in together, I was very sort of like, hit or, it was hit or miss. Um, mm-hmm. The nicer the weather, the more likely I was to do it, but now we're just in a really good like routine where we go to bed at the same time, we wake up at the same time. It's easier to, I guess, get your day moving when someone else is also has to get their day moving. You know? Is she a runner as well? She's not. Well, I've, I've, convi- I've convinced her to go run with me like twice. <laughs> and it's like where we'll like walk and then like run for a couple minutes and then walk. That's fair. That's, you know, introducing each other's interests. That's always a uh, friend of the pod. Ken Ross roommate, Lewis, always says cause his, his girlfriend is a runner, but she's not a morning runner usually. You know, it says it's, like, really hard to be a morning person when, like, the, you're the only one getting out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that is, that's the challenge right there. Peer pressure is a beautiful thing or a really bad thing, depending on yeah. <laughs> what you're using it for. <laughs> that's uh, that's definitely a struggle of mine. I, I often, I'll, like, make the, the nice thing about Boston is, like, there's always, there's so many people who are, like, yeah. trying to work and run and, like... The only way I'll get out of bed to run in the mornings is if I make plans with someone the night before. Just mm-hmm. me you at six thirty, and now I have no choice. Yeah, that that that's that's the real kicker. Except for me, like I like, there are like rare times where uh someone might say like like Hey, will you be on the trail uh this morning? Uh, and I'll say Yeah, you know, I'm starting my run at uh eight o'clock. Like I'll go clockwise, you go counterclockwise, and like that's. You know that that helps too. If you know if someone's if I'm gonna meet someone, but I also think because yeah, I'm I'm not like do in Philly proper. Like I'm not like mm-hmm. doing all the, you know, my friends who live in like West Philly or like Center City, uh, who not doing eat, the Google runs yeah, not, every not, morning. Not yeah. doing the Google runs like that. 
are you what's this what's the spot for the long run is it Wissahickon I mean yeah it's, it's the Wissahickon I still you know I still do all my other uh canonical long runs that we do at Haverford which like, like during the during the summer it's always we go to the Wissahickon on the weekends but uh we also have like more canonical ones that just you know every through every possible trail within a you know, five to six mile radius of campus. Yep. We've, we've, we've explored every single possible, every single trail you Do you guys imagine. name your runs? We do. We I want to, I, I want to make that a uh, recurring question is what, do you have a, what's the best run name or best run name story? Um, so the best run name, so it, it's, uh, it's two runs. Okay. One of them is called, uh, Balls Deep. Okay. And it's, uh, it's a variation of a run we have called Saunders, and it's where you go, I guess, balls deep into the woods, I think. And then we have a variation of that where you don't do, like, like the Saunders run is like a long run, and if you ever want to do not the full long run, you can, you can still do some stuff on the variation called balls deep. And so when you do that without the Saunders, we call it just the tip. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did that. It's funny that you say that because we had, we had a run called Porn Star. I don't know why it's called Porn Star. And then we had a run called Chunky, because they were on the monkey trails, and there were two runs called Chunky Monkey. Um, and we always had the the way that it worked out was that it, there was one run you could do where you could go basically like from Chunky to Porn Star. So we called that one Chubby Chaser, because it was like <laughs> a Chunky Porn Star. That's a, that's a good one. Although probably the dumbest thing I've ever done is... Uh, uh, or not done, but just never realized, is that we have a run called Freeze. Um, and I am notoriously bad with geography and directions and, like, knowing where I'm going. And the run is, like, mostly... It's basically, like, mostly... Not mostly on roads, but it, like, cuts off the kind of more technical trails that we would run in Ithaca in college. And so I always thought it was called Freeze because it was, like, oh, when it, like, freezes out... And you can't run on, like, the more of the dip- difficult trails. You take this run. Maybe junior year of college, three years in, I realized that literally the road you turn on is called Freeze Road. <laughs> and I just had never noticed that in three years of being in college. So that's uh, that's my... I don't know if it's claim to fame or just, like, claim to shame. Claim that, That's your very specific claim to shame. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm really, really... I will always get lost on, like, runs that I've done, like, a million times before. I'll fi- somehow find a way to do it. I'm very bad with geography in general i'm i'm totally opposite i can i can find my way like anywhere like if you if you as long as there's like one like high point like one building or one like radio tower or something like i'll find my way that's a good skill to have especially as someone who visits boston but yeah doesn't live here exactly I, I i got lost in my run today i i dramatically uh overestimated the amount of like entrances and exits on uh the route along to charles oh yeah and so i I missed the one i guess the last one before bu and so i had to go all the way up to that like hilton hotel and turn off there but it only ended up adding like three quarters of a mile which wasn't bad yeah that's i would say it's not crazy like it's definitely like there's one probably every more or less every mile depending on what section Mm -hmm. of the river you're on but yeah, if you're not, not, trying, not if you're not trying to go out of your way, it's not it's like not... intuitive to like, oh, there's a bridge here. It should be an easy no. way to get <laughs> on to the thing. Boston intuitively designed. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, you got me. <laughs> yeah, we we do a lot of our runs along the river over there. Uh, I will run from work a lot, and so like I'll like hop down to the river and work downtown. 
Um, I wish I could run commute, but I don't have locker rooms at work, which is yeah. a big pain in the ass. But. I, I live like exactly nine miles from my work, and so I would love to run commute. No locker rooms? No, no oh, locker rooms. The worst. No gym nearby? The... No, I, and I'm not going to like shell out the money for a, a gym nearby to, yeah. to shower. I mean, I theoretically I could run commute home, but that's not fun when most of the time you're uh, it's dark out. Yeah, after you leave. that's true. And then at this point in my, you know, in my job, I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to try to do anything too different uh, with only a couple months left yeah. there. Yeah, don't mess up the routine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I realized I started running from work, not necessarily because, like, the running routes are more convenient. It's because um, I realized that if I run after work, then I have to take the train home and then get home and, like, then go out with my run. And it's always the worst when you're just, like, tired and you just yeah. want to have dinner and, like, curl up that, in a ball. That was the story of, like, the first, like, three months of my job. Yeah. was, like, I was trying to do all of my training in the morning. I was trying to, you know, do like 10 to 12 miles in the morning and so I didn't have to do any running in the afternoon um and it, it just wasn't gonna work out and I had to just suck it up and say all right three in the morning eight in the afternoon just do it figure out something quick to eat when you get home I like three in the morning though because it's like literally like you're like 20 minutes exactly like I can roll out of bed for 20 no, minutes my, my <laughs> one loop of the nature trail I have referred from my apartment is is three miles it's it's the most perfect yeah. like, length uh, that's definitely, like, that's my go-to, my, sh I, I used to never go on, like, short shakeouts, and then, like, between, like, getting old and, like, realizing that I have to shake out after workouts or I'm gonna be tired, and then, like, just, like, realizing that it's, like, a good way to sort of, like, fake double, like, I'm mm -hmm. big fan of the 20-minute shakeout, that's yeah. a good, that's a good All, all through college, I, my, you know, my morning runs were all, you know, three miles, um, and then only, actually, this past fall, did I regularly start doing more regular four-milers, and, you know, it, it adds a little bit of, uh, you know, it just adds, like, five miles a week. It's nothing yeah. crazy, but it's, uh, it's nice, it up nice, yeah, and easy. nice when you yeah. get in a routine. I've, I've taken to, as, I, as I've done a little bit higher mileage for halves and stuff, I've taken the very unscientific approach of just run as much as I can in the beginning of the week. And then when I get to, like, Friday, I'll, like, be like, okay, how much do I have left to run this week? Yeah, I, I, do, <laughs> I do the same thing. It usually works it, out well, even if it's not good distribution. Yeah, I do, I do that. It's, like, it makes sense, because, you know, you start, if you can start, if you get Monday, Tuesday with, like, all your miles, or, like, maybe, like, an extra, one extra, two extra miles there, that's fine. You do one workout there, and usually, you know, the workout will add a few more if it's, like, you know, if you're doing something with a tempo. Warm up, cool down. Um, yeah, warm up, yeah. yeah, warm up, like, tempo, track work, cool down, something like that. That, you know, easy 10 to 12 um, on top of your, you know, morning run. Your, that's a lot of mileage right there, and so on, by the time Friday rolls around, I'm usually, I'm usually mm -hmm. good for morning run plus, you know, only five miles in the evening or something. And then it's, like, Friday, you're, like, so you, you treat yourself, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> well, we, so, we have a... I've been meaning to ask, I'm sure you've talked about this, this race many times, but uh, the last time you were here was uh, post-Adrian Martinez Classic. Mm -hmm. um, you, you went viral. I did. <laughs> you I famously was... uh, dove at the line. You, uh, I fell at the line. <laughs> fell at the line, yeah. Going for, and you ran like four flat point, like three point or something three like eight, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, I don't think people necessarily realize how weird... Adrian Martinez Classic is, like, it's a great race, I, and I bet, like, it is actually, um, like, in where I, near where I grew up, so, like, I've literally been mm -hmm. doing it since before they had pros there, um, 
but it's just in like next to a playground in Concord, Massachusetts. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> at a high school track. It's like awesome that it's as quality as it is, but I've never and it's not close to Boston. Like it's you know probably a good thirty minutes outside the city. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really understand why it has taken on the cachet that it has, yeah. but. I, I'm glad it has. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you were in Heat too, and then the the guys in Heat one usually always like have a big train running sub four. But it's also just like, you know, it's like there's like little kids playing and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, moms like, oh, is there is there a track meet happening tonight? And it's like there's like a pretty quality pro field. What kind of soccer game is this? Yeah, it's a good one though. And then you got you got that sweet redemption. I did, yeah. I fully, but I've been taking credit for that for years. I mean, everyone's taking credit that Ben Ben Bosworth <laughs> took credit for that. Everyone's no, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, that was it was definitely a, a fun experience, uh, and I really, um, you know, at it. I've said this before, but you know, in in one way, it was almost better that I, I didn't break four in the way that I did it, rather than have you know been in the first heat and like just snuck under four. Just, like, it, it was better because it, like, kind of set me up for that real, like, boost at at, uh, at Sir Walter, where, you know, I was able to get into that kind of because, um, you know, I was like, oh, you're so close, like, and at Sir Walter, they're great, because, like, we're all about being so, cl- you know, yeah. getting some of the guys who are so close in there. Well, that's, that was one of the things I was going to ask is, so, like, was it, we like, I imagine you probably, like, you're probably, your goal mile pace, like, in workouts mm-hmm. and stuff was probably not 355 going into mm-hmm. that race. Like, was, it, did you PR in the 1K? Like, was it weird? <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't, that's probably worth looking up, but, um. Was it weird to totally just kind of reset, like, the, the vision of what's the level that you're it at? It wasn't totally that? weird, because I'd run 339. Right. So I'd run, like, a 357 equivalent yeah so i knew i mean like i knew i had it in the back like i was that in swarthmore yeah that was a swarthmore yeah baby um i and so i had three before that day i had three sub four equivalents under my belt so like i knew i could do it um i just you know hadn't gotten in the right like full mile race Mm -hmm. for it um I, i definitely i knew i was there um but yes it's i maybe it is just you know it's it's that the jump and Honestly, I was hoping for just try to run three three fifty seven, like just try to run equivalent to what because when I ran three thirty nine, that was like an like if I I would have not changed anything about that race. Like I ran that race as perfectly as I could have run it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, if I'm I know I'm in very similar shape, so just try to run like a good not great race, and you should break four there. That extra hundred nine meters. Yeah, yeah but then, but then when you when you get when you inch closer to that, you know, like ninety ninth percentile race it's just like yep you know it's there you can you can pop those big ones it's it's interesting the concept of breakthrough races because you're like well i feel like it's tough because it's like you want to immediately you get it in your head that you're like oh i can just like keep how like if you improve in leaps and bounds once you're like well why can't i do it again and then yeah like, i i think i mean i think it ties into when when i was a junior in high school i was trying to break 930 in the 3200 and I ran like 9.32, 9.31, 9.31 again. And I was getting frustrated. My coach just told me, like, just listen. Like, it, it'll be fine. You'll get in the right race and you'll pop a big one. And then I ran 9.26 at my next race. So, and after that, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in just like sometimes you, you get in that right race where, you know, the competition is just right there. 
you you know you really just stick your nose in it and you just you act like you belong there and then you're there yeah you almost have to be like over prepared you know it's mm-hmm. like these um you know i always say like you know guy, when guys break four it's like they they are in sub four shape for a long time usually <laughs> running a lot of like 401 402 races and yeah then once they get under like that's the, you're like, oh, it's a big jump. You're like, no, that's just been there the whole time. And you finally performed up to what you were capable of. Like, yeah. I know, like, you know, that everyone's, like, talking shit about, like, all these, like, uh, marathoners that, like, are all running, like, 212 or whatever and being yeah. like, oh, like, men's marathoning, blah, 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 it's not good or whatever. But it's, like, all it takes is, like, one of those guys to just have, like, a great mm-hmm. day and yeah. run, like, 208. And then and it's, like, the conversation completely yeah. changes. And, that, and that's why I, like, I can never be a marathoner. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly, like, train as hard as I'm doing but only have, like, two shots a year. And, like, and on top of that, like, having so much more of the race, like, hinge on your nutrition and the weather conditions and it's, the pacing and all that. It's just, I could never, I can't imagine doing that. But, but I, think, like, I think you're absolutely right that it's, it's, uh, that, yeah, a lot of guys, you know, like, I, I think Parker Stinson is going to pop that real big one soon. Like, I'm a big Parker Stinson fan. I just, I, but at the same time, I do think, like, I, I admire his, like, mentality, his, like, you know, go for broke mentality. I just think if you can curb that by 2% in the first half of the race, you'll be way better off. But, yeah, but, well, yeah, it's yeah. interesting because it's like, you know, you, <laughs> you can't win, you know, it's yeah. like, at least in the eyes of the, you know, whatever, yeah. let's run trolls or whatever, it's like, you have the Parkers of the world, and everyone's like, oh, he runs stupid, oh, he goes out too hard, he works too hard, blah, 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 and then, like, you have guys running fast, and uh, running, like, really smart, and negative splitting and stuff, and it's like, oh, like, you know, they're not champions, like, they're mm-hmm. not gonna go for it, and yeah, you'll never, you'll never make anybody happy, but I guess you just gotta do your own thing. It's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting how, uh, the pressure, I guess, like, I've, I've yeah. done a couple halves, and, like, I'm gonna do a couple more this spring, and it's, even that, like, it was so nice when, I, like, I did two this past fall, and having the out of being, like, well, I am doing two, so, like, if mm-hmm. the first one doesn't go well, like, I'll have another one, but... Like, I just think of Boston last year and how traumatizing it was, like, Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. as, like, a spectator even to be like, oh, my God, like, what if you're, like, you had the perfect build-up, you were in the best shape of your life, and then, like, you just wake up the morning in Boston and you're like, well, fuck, like, that goes, all of my training, at least in terms of time-wise performance, like, just goes out the window, like, that, uh, at least the the mile, a mile and race is shorter, it's like, you can pretty much always, like, go out and do it next week, like, yeah. Those crazy, like, European, like, when folks go to Europe and they're just, like, doing, like, 1500s, yeah, bing, like, bang, every bing, bing, five bing, like, days yeah, for like three, two months. Yeah. Exactly. That's, uh, it's, it seems fun, but, it, yeah, it also, I guess even the flip side of that, it's, like, how much of it is, like, banging your head against the wall if you are kind of hitting a plateau, you mm-hmm. know? It's nice, it's nice once you've, like, bet, like hit kind of a wall with, like, one event to, like, be able to have, like, one other event, like, those mm-hmm. guys that, like... I feel like 800 runners are the perfect example where it's yeah. like they only run the 800 and yeah. then it's like that, that would that's such a frustrating I hate the 800 it's such a frustrating race because <laughs> for me the hit or miss is that if I run an 800 I gotta like want to I gotta like need to win that race like I have never run a good 800 where I haven't been like super motivated in that last 150 to like I gotta win this race I gotta win this race 
Uh, and if I, if I don't have that, I'm just like, my last tour is going to be a 28 or 29, nothing special. Yeah. And, or even like, um, like, I mean, field events, I guess, are like the epitome. Mm -hmm. It's like the pole vault, just like doing the same thing over and over again, just like trying to get like yeah. an inch higher every time. Like, I, I can only... I guess, like, you know, everyone has their own thing, but, like, at least with, like, distance, mid-distance running, you could always, like, drop up or down a distance to something else or do a road mile instead of a track mile or yeah, something like that. Or, or, or if you're, if you're, exactly, if you're, like, if you're, like a, if you're a 5K mile guy, you're at a pretty big advantage because you can, like, you know, if you're feeling frisky, you could hop into a road race somewhere that's not even, like, a, a road mile. You can do a 5K, you can do a road 10K, yeah. you know? You did, uh, what did you, you did, did you do Rothman this I, I did, year? I did Rothman this yeah. year. Well, uh, well, 8K action. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, just kind of simulate what I would do in, in college, just, you know, we'll kind of faux cross-country season. Yeah, nice and, uh, it's always, like, I don't know, road races are always fun, too. Like, I, yeah, I, I like road races a lot. <laughs> good after parties, usually, that's, uh, <laughs> Always good, and then it's also like you get like the fun atmosphere without like I feel like most of the time you know unless it's like Falmouth or something it's like road races tend to be a little more like yeah. low key than like the intensity of like exactly a track meet. Um, nice. Well, so while we're on the mile subject, one of our one of our recurring questions we ask people is if they had much like a beer mile mm -hmm. or a chocolate milk mile. Uh, if you had a gimmick mile that you had to come up with. A just like weird uh, one-off, throw some challenge in there, mm -hmm. uh, mile. What would you What would you have make the next uh, viral sensation? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I like I followed about this, and I, I kept on coming back to my idea. Actually, not for a gimmick mile, but for okay. a gimmick meet. All right. And it's it's a gimmick on two fronts. On one front, all the events are events that like you would are just like totally silly events. Like okay. the seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven meter race, <laughs> um, or like you know the uh, like two hundred meter hurdle. That's okay. one. That's one hurdle, two hundred meters. Um, stuff like that. Where is the hurdle in the two hundred? You don't know. You don't know. You're, you're, you're <laughs> it's not placed like, at random. <laughs> it's placed at random somewhere in the last hundred. Uh, stuff like that, and then on uh, doubly gimmicky is that all the prizes? Oh, actually, before I move on, I should let you know that you. You sign up to run a race, and then they say, "Okay, you're in race number A, or race race B, or race C." You don't know what what race it is. Okay. Like you know, like you could go to the line and you're running the seven thousand seven hundred seventy seven meter, or you can go to the line and you're running the shot put four hundred, where you got to carry the shot with you for four hundred meters. Nice. Um, you don't know until they call you to the line, and then the second gimmick is that all the prizes are ridiculous, like uh, a giant jar of pickles. Okay. Or like one of those ginormous like tractor tires that football guys flip. Nice. And, but you you gotta take it home. Like you're not allowed to leave it there. You, you can't. Yeah, you're you kicked gotta out take, of the You gotta find a way to take it home. That I like that. This could this could really be a, a can of worms for us uh, in terms of getting I mean, people to, to contribute it, their it, gimmick. It's, it's a it's a really yeah. I mean that's just a really it's just a really good long run uh, topic to say yeah. what, what would your ridiculous events be. Well, I always say my my thing that I want to pitch. I can't remember how it came up, but. In the event that a conference meet or any meet with a team championship ends in a tie, I think it should be decided by having the head coaches of each team uh, pick, and then an official picks uh, one of 
the events that was competed at the meet out of a hat at random, and the two head coaches have to compete in that event, whatever it is. Nice. And whoever wins, wins the meet. I think that would be the best way to tie-break a team championship, because it would be entertaining for everybody involved. Yeah. <laughs> and then a little motivation to, you know, have the head coaches stay in, exactly, stay yeah. in shape. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the big kicker. I was going to say, it might be fun to say each coach gets to pick, like, they, they pick their person on the team, and then they, uh, and the person... Fight to the death. <laughs> and then, and, and, but before, you pick your person before the event is drawn. Oh, that would be interesting. So, like, so... Like, decathletes... I mean, I mean, I guess you, you yeah. pick your decathlete, but, like, maybe you got a decathlete who's, like, really good at sprinting versus a decathlete who's really good at throwing versus, like, a decathlete who's, like, kind of more of a distance, like, an 800 guy, and you really got away, you know, like... Is my 800, like, obviously if it's the mile, my 800 guy's going to win. But if it's the 800 guy versus, like, a sprinter and, like, shot put, like, I, I messed up. Yeah. We used to, when I was a swimmer, we would do uh, record board workouts where you just literally just do, like, all of the events on the record board in order as the workout. And, like, you know, the paces are mm-hmm. whatever the paces are. But, like, you just go down. And, like, you could do that with oh, track, too. Here's, like here's, here's my, uh, here's the fun hypothetical that was bouncing around recently. So my, my uh, former roommate, uh, Eric Arnold, he was a uh, All-American for Haverford, and he's, like, a, a 350, 1500 guy, uh, good runner. Um, and our bet was, could he run the D3... Women's Championship DMR by himself, but like as the race played out, so he'd, okay. ha- he'd have to run the twelve hundred with the front of the race, the four hundred with the front of the race, the eight hundred with the front of the race, and then the mile with the front of the race. And could he could he do that nonstop? I think the change of paces would like really fuck with you. Yeah, but like, here's the thing: is that once you get past, like the hardest thing is is going from that you know like whatever it is like a fifty six or a fifty eight uh, four hundred into like a maybe like a 215-ish, uh, 220, like, that's the kicker. But if you can get through that, he's, he's known, my roommate was known for all his workouts, just started with, like, a five-minute mile, and then, like, he would pick the rest of the workout based on how he felt on that. So, like, and so he could run, like, a 450 mile in sleep, right? But could he do that after, uh, like, a 56 and yeah, do, like, a 215? Yeah, it's like, it's, all, it's, like, almost 5K, right? It's, like... It's 4K. 4K. So, like... You would think like okay like what is it, like fourteen thirty five is like seventy pace like yeah so like if you could run less than a five k at four forty pace like you'd probably be in the mix with like a D three women's all American team right like I mean it, it, could it but it's it's really all about like the kind of the ability to change the kind of running speed, you are yeah. like yeah if you're a five k guy on speed and there's no way you could run. A 56. Well, what, do you, what is the consequence if you get dropped? Like you just like. It, yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I guess like if if you finish like more than a second or two off of wherever they are at the end of that leg, then you you fail. Yeah. That that I would love to see that. That's that yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll I'll tell him to uh, I'll tell him to do that as a that'll be his new motivation. Uh, his new thing. I'll tell him next time I see you, we're gonna do this workout, that and I'm gonna, I'm gonna film it. <laughs> and you better be prepared. I was gonna say you gotta create some sort of pot among like your team. Like everyone kicks <laughs> in like twenty bucks just to make this happen, and then maybe the you get enlist a girls DMR to compete with him, and like yeah, exactly. they get they get the money if he doesn't beat them. He gets the money if he beats them. That might be that would I would watch that. That would be a yeah. good exhibition. All right, before we move on to our excellent game, uh, we uh, the last one is as I'm holding my polar seltzer, um, your dream sponsor. This is this is a, a 
contribution yeah. by your your buddy Marty because he has that yeah. Kodiak. So um, no shoes, no gear. Here, like, here, that's here's boring. you got to go. Here's my there. my dream sponsor. Dream sponsors plural okay. is that my singlet would look like the Dr. Bronner's bottle. Okay. And then it's also sponsored by this Chinese restaurant down the street called Chung Sing. Okay. You go there with like ten buck a ten dollar bill, and you can get the daily dinner special. Right. Um, you know, you get your, you get your soup, you get your entree with the pork fried rice, and then you get a scoop of ice cream for dessert, and then the ten dollars covers that plus the tip. Um, it's a great deal. Nice. And so, so they're 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 sponsoring like yeah, a NASCAR. Yeah, they yeah they've got one spot. Um, but yeah, the main thing is that my singlet looks like the Dr. Bronner's logo That's or fair. Dr. Bronner's bottle with all the all the words on it. He's printed, yeah. he's printed out all the Wikipedia. Do you, I was gonna say, what do you? Does is it the Dr. Bronner's words, or do you get? It, it's all the words. Off? It's it's yeah. every word. It goes around the side. It goes around the back. If you're behind me, you're gonna be reading all one or none, eternally, eternally one, whatever it says all on right. the bottle. I like it. Nice. Okay, so we have a uh, uh, part of why th this episode had to happen is because uh, we had an epic, and I'm sorry to friend of the pod Ben Bosworth who wanted to be here tonight, but uh, unfortunately was not able to join us. Um, we had a, how did it start? It was a drill tweet, it, it was, right? It was, it was a drill tweet. What was the tweet? Uh, it was something about, like... Um, Alright, so the, the tweet is, quote, I would like to become somebody's uncle so I can start posting shit like, quote, not all dips are marinades, but all marinades are dips. <laughs> so, this sparked an intense <laughs> Twitter group DM debate among me, Boz, and Charlie, it it lasted like conservatively speaking probably six hours of like pretty consistent uh, updates to the group. I, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it was definitely all throughout because it, it started yeah sometime around like oh a drill posted that at two a.m. that morning, <laughs> um, and so yeah it started uh, somewhere around noon or like eleven thirty, and but, then it it continued well throughout the day. Um, yeah, at least to like three o'clock or four o'clock. And I will say, Char Charlie is a good Twitter follow. Highly recommend uh, if anyone. I, I maybe should have saved that for my Instagram crush, but uh, <laughs> he's a he's quality content right there. At C M A R Q Q. Um, so basically, we just we the marinade dip debate then devolved into basically just any type of food or anything. It's it, it's like it's like a focus on things that flavor your food. Yeah, but, so but like it's there's there are eight categories. Yeah, there there's eight different. It became a full matrix, and the the categories are food, ingredient, seasoning, condiment, sauce, dip, dressing, and marinade. And I would encourage uh, you to play this at home. Play it on your long runs. Uh, just think of like the hardest one you can find, and it should you should clarify. Foods can be in multiple categories. They can something can be a dip and a marinade, depending on how it's used. Um, and so, just just because a food does is two things does not mean that it violates the matrix. That's allowed. Um, and so I had the game. We're gonna I called it sauce dip or other, but we're gonna mm -hmm. need to come up with a better uh, catchier title for it. Um, but basically, I had some. I I thought of some. We're gonna debate where they fall mm -hmm. in this uh, complex matrix. So right. the person I had uh, had a burrito for dinner, so of course, uh, pico de gallo. So pico de gallo 
definitely an ingredient. Um, I would consider it a seasoning. Is it an ingredient only because it's in burritos? Like, what other foods would you put pico de gallo in as an ingredient? Well, you can can put it in burritos. You can put it in tacos. You can put it in, like, I guess, like, enchiladas. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess I think of it as more of a You can put it on on chips, and I I would consider that an ingredient. You can put it in nachos. Yeah, okay. All out, all out. Yeah. Um, I think I would consider it a condiment, just because that's something I think you would find at, like, if someone were to lay out, you know, it's like the thing, you get your food and then it's place all the napkins and the forks and all the condiments, and there's like a thing of pico de gallo there, you're, you're not at all weirded out at the fact that that's there. Yeah, we had a hefty debate on t- as to like what, the definition of condiment is surprisingly hard to define. Yeah. Like, I would say, I would agree that it could be a condiment because like, it's definitely the type of, like, it's the type of thing where you could have a complete food and then put pico de gallo on top of it and it would like... Enhance it, but not, it's not a yeah. make or break. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a sauce. I think it's a dip. I think I, it's I would, to say it's a dip. Yeah, it is a dip, because you dip your chips into it. I was, yeah. I was about to say it's not a dip, because if you put, like, a chip just down into it and pulled it back up... It wouldn't stick. It wouldn't stick, but, but, yeah. but, I mean, you're allowed to use the chip as leverage. Yeah. I think, you know, there's plenty of salsa, chunky salsas you're not going to yeah. get. Yeah. Um, nice. All right, so, uh, tuna fish is the next one. Tuna fish. Um... I only call that a, a food and ingredient. I don't know. I don't really eat tuna fish. I'm not a big fan of tuna fish either. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's... It's, Do you dip? I, you don't really dip. No, I think you kind of... Yeah, you, you, can, like, you can like put it in things. You can put like a casserole or whatever. I'm not really sure. Um, vinegar. So vinegar, definitely an ingredient. Definitely a seasoning. I think it could be a, a condiment. I think I think it's a condiment because you would also not be worried out if you found it at next to the ketchup and the mustard and the stuff at, at that little little table. I would say certain kinds of vinegar are a dressing because I wouldn't put like white vinegar on like salad, but like I would put like balsamic vinegar. Yeah, on exactly. It and vinegar is I would consider it a marinade. It's an acidic marinade. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't. Well, really vinegar is a very. A, it's very. It's not a dip. Versatile. I think if you if you're dipping something in vinegar, that's like you're just gonna get 100% vinegar flavor. You're not gonna taste anything. I wouldn't say it's a sauce because I don't think you, you don't really ever like cook anything in just like vinegar. Yeah, and it's yeah, but yeah, that, that's actually really impressive. Actually, I'm sorry. Yeah. did we not? Well, I, I'm I gonna have to go. Covered vinegar. Yeah. I think I have to go through this. I could have sworn someone said vinegar. We did talk about honey, which is the next. Yeah, one. yeah. Honey well, is an interesting one. Well, so, and this all this all started from trying to find something that is all eight. Yeah. And, honey, have, and honey's, we, honey's pretty close. Honey's close, yeah. You can have... It's I a, would say that honey is maybe not a food. No, honey's definitely a food. Honey's obviously a food. You can, like, eat, like, a thing... I, have, I eat spoons of honey all the time. Yeah. But, like, that does, that's not necessarily a good... I, call I guess it. honey sticks are, like, as close as you can get to, like, it's a complete thing mm-hmm. that, like, is just honey. Yeah. Definitely ingredient. I think you can call it a seasoning. Because it, it's got a honey flavor. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. I would call it a condiment. I would, I would call it a condiment. Yeah. I would call it a sauce. I would call it a dip. Wouldn't call it a dressing. I think it's yeah. not a dressing. It's I mean, I think like you, dressing you, you, you has can to stretch it. You can put like if you you put like a salad, and you have like some other sweet stuff. You have, like kind of like a sweet cheese. You had like some like little little craisins. I bet you could use. But it doesn't like spread over a, a food the way that like a dressing does. I mean, like, you I mean, like, I bet you can in. make really thin honey. You could like harvest really thin honey. Very interesting. Um, but That's yeah, good. I don't know about marinating anything in honey. Yeah. That's tough. Um, tomato soup, I would say, is probably just a 
food, but I would argue, I, I guess my question is, is dipping a grilled cheese into tomato soup make it a dip? Yes. I think the answer to that is, is yes. And I think tomato soup is, I wouldn't say it's a sauce, but I think there's, there, there's a wavering line between well, so, tomato so soup Well, so once you start putting sauce. more stuff in it, it becomes like a sauce, but it's no longer tomato soup, I guess. Yeah. Um, wasabi. Wasabi. Um, would you call it, I guess I would call it an ingredient. I would say it's an ingredient and a condiment and a seasoning. Yeah. But one thing that I think is interesting about wasabi is that, like, it's, like, I would actually say that it's not, it's very not versatile because, like, you it's can't so. have too much of it or it, like, would, like, mm -hmm. it's interesting that it's limited in its uses because of how strong it is. Because, mm -hmm. like, you could theoretically use wasabi as a dip, but you just, like, would. Yeah, it's, it's like, interesting gross. how, I guess, it's, it's, the flavor is so intense that it's, like, hard to, you can't, it can't hide anywhere. You can't hide it in, like, more water, or you can't hide it in, like, sweetness or yeah. anything. Like, most of these are, like, limited, they're, like, physical structures determine, like, what they can be used for, but that, like, is literally the taste. Yeah, yeah, the like, flavor, yeah. Um, maple syrup. Maple I think syrup. it's also think a pretty versatile one. That falls, I mean, in a lot of the same categories as honey, I think. Uh, maybe I wouldn't call it a food, but definitely ingredient. Oh, uh, that's true. Definitely seasoning, definitely condiment. Um, I, I think I would call it a sauce. Definitely a dip. Definitely a marinade. It's pretty close to all eight. It's, yeah, I guess. I wouldn't call it a food. You're right. I think the food might be yeah, the one. Yeah. yeah, food is a bit of a stretch there for some reason. And, I, and I, that's definitely something to think about. But, yeah. And then the, the wild card, uh, last one here is butter. Butter. So yeah, definitely I, an ingredient. I, yeah, definitely an ingredient. Wouldn't say it's a food. I might call it a food. It's like a staple, you know. I mean, I guess it, it is kind of weird just to eat straight butter. Uh, it's definitely a condiment. I think if, if it's salted butter, you can call it a seasoning. Yeah. But unsalted butter... It's like put it, it's like buttered popcorn making a marinade. Like is that you're essentially marinating? No, your, I don't think that's I don't think that's that's what a marinade is. I, cause I the, the the like the definition. So is it of, a dressing or a marinade? The definition of a marinade is something that like breaks down the food by like either enzymes or acidity. I think that's like the definition of a marinade, and so I don't think you're gonna find that many enzymes or acidity in butter. I strong. I'm realizing that definitely no one's gonna find this as interesting as we do, but that's fine. The hey, people are gonna have to. If, deal if with anyone it. ever wants to talk about this, I'm more than happy. Please, to Please, actually, this. yes. Please. please, if you're listening to this episode for this long, submit to us or to at at your run your mouth pod. Submit your food submissions, and we will give you the uh, judgment about what categories it falls onto. And if you can think of one that satisfies all eight, you're gonna get some sort of prize. Yeah, we'll give you some some prize. Um, nice. Well, so that is, uh, do you have any suggestions that I, I have not thought of just to throw in there? Um, well, one, one for the, just for the listeners is that another thing that was close was barbecue sauce. Yeah. It's, it's pretty versatile. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't thought too much. I would just, I would, whenever I would see something that's like related to sauce or condiments, I would, I would reopen the DM and say, hey guys. Yeah. Throw it I, in there every once in a while. Yeah. Hey guys. Yeah. Um, I, I have something... <laughs> What what was the thing that I I'm gonna look it up right now, um, what I sent you guys I was like home and I saw a bunch of weird things I saw cranberry mustard, I saw mar something called Yoshida Mr Yoshida's marinade and cooking sauce, and then I s saw this this dry rub called 
We're talking serious bone sucking sauce, <laughs> seasoning, and rub. Oh boy. That's, see, the problem is that I don't know what multiple of those are, so yeah. I wouldn't know how to categorize them. Um, there was, I was, there was oh. one that I, there was one that I put in the group DM that I don't feel, uh, safe saying on yeah. the air, um, but you guys can use your imagine, imagination on that. Oh, here, here's one was a guacamole. Guac. It's, uh, it's definitely a dip. Definitely. Uh, so, I mean, I like to, I, I have, I'm looking at these all in the order here. Yeah. Definitely a food. Definitely an, in, probably an ingredient. Probably not a seasoning. No. I don't think you use that seasoning, but I would think you'd call it a condiment. I think you'd call it... I think, like, thin guacamole could be a sauce. Like, you can put, like, guacamole on top of a burrito and, like, have it not be totally weird. I would say it's more of a spread than a sauce, which we yeah. don't have... We're not getting into spreads. Spread, yeah, spread, spread, spread versus... We, we cut off... We, we were about to... When we were talking about this the first day, we were about to bring in spreads, and then we decided, no, no spreads. Yeah, it's too complicated. It's it really adds a layer to this that we can't uh, you know, it would throw off the whole matrix and everything. Oh man, that I could it's weirdly addicting. You can think about it for hours. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> strongly encouraged. That's uh that's one of the best ones. Alright, well, uh we gotta, you know, get ready for bed and everything since we're both racing tomorrow, <laughs> so Let's finish it off um, with the big three. We ask the same the guests the same three questions every episode. Um, we'll start off with the Instagram crush. Doesn't have to be like a crush crush. You're not gonna get you in trouble with your girlfriend. But like you know what what have you been into on social media lately? So um, this week was uh, we brought up my my Instagram crush, which is the Cincinnati Zoo Instagram <laughs> uh, with Fiona the hippo. She was born, she turned two on, I think, yesterday, Thursday, or when, or Wednesday, she turned two. She was born, like, two months premature. She weighed, like, 29 pounds, which for a hippo is not a lot of pounds. <laughs> and I've just been watching her actually grow up these past two years on Instagram, and she's the cutest little hippo. That's kind of adorable in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm literally now looking through my phone to try to remember. I've um, also been into, um... I'm like, I'm not a horse person, but my, my girlfriend's like a horse girl. Okay. And so I've been following... My condolences. Some, some horse Instagrams. Like, I'm not really a big fan, but I'll... Like, I don't want to, like, be near a horse, but, like, I'll follow them on Instagram. There's some pretty cute horses out there. I will say, this is more of, like, an abstract one, but my just, like, generalized FOMO over the last couple of weeks or, like, the fact that, like, literally everyone I know is in Flagstaff or Tallahassee right now. <laughs> um, as much as I like... Like, I like that I work full-time and run. Like, I don't know if I could necessarily feel, like, fully fulfilled just, like, running full-time. But then you're just, like, going on another, like, 30-degree gray run in the dark in Boston. And you're just, like, seeing everyone up on the yeah. ground. Like, did my beautiful Flagstaff run today? And you're like, ugh. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just counting on the days for I can I can get home from work and I can run the daylight again. Yeah. It was out when March, I left March, today. March 10th, baby. I left right at 5. Um... And it literally was still light out. I was so happy. It, had, mm -hmm. it was just like the sun hadn't fully set. And I was like, yeah. Right? Because like now I'm, I'm like leaving work and there's still plenty of sunlight. But by the time I get up to you know, take the train and get home and everything, it's, it's been, it's totally dark. That's part of the running from work thing that makes it yeah. uh, more appealing. All right. Your uh, go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. It's your time to shine. What so, are you going with? So 
I so I don't listen to many podcasts, but I did listen to a few of these to get ready for it. Okay. And this it was already said another one, so I feel kind of Who bad. Who did you listen it. to? I listened to Marty's. Um, I listened to the Sam Parsons. Those uh, are good ones. Those are two of yeah, two of the are, best. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a wham. Wake me up before you go go. That's a good one. That's uh. When we. A crowd pleaser. The, the, the track. So the track house uh, at Haverford. One year we bought like a you know, big screen TV, and we just got bunny ears for it, we got like 30 channels, and one of the channels was like a, like a traffic cam channel that just played like 80s, it, it played the weirdest mix, it played like 80s music, and then it played like Radiohead. Nice. So you listen to like Wham, and then you listen to like Rick Astley, I got Rick Roll like four times. <laughs> and then, and, that then, and, and, then and then you'd hear, and then you'd hear like, like fake plastic trees by Radiohead, and it was just like really confusing. I think I tweeted one time, like, I can't remember how I phrased it, but basically like, like, I don't know why people don't get, like, getting Rickrolled. That song goes hard. Like, <laughs> it's an enjoyable song to listen to, and it's only because it's become a meme of, like, fucking with people. Yeah. People are like, oh, Rick Astley. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go in a totally different direction and say that my go-to karaoke song is uh, Juice by Lizzo. I don't know if you're a Lizzo fan. I, I don't know what that is. Um, she's great. She's, like, an R&B, hip-hop-y type singer. Um, we were at... Uh, friend of the pod, Dana Giordano, is also very into her, and we were out last Friday, and, like, the bar we were at had, like, it generally has good music, but was going through, like, a little bit of a questionable streak, like, had, like, four or five songs in a row that you're like, I'm not so sure about this, and then they threw on the new Lizzo song, Juice, mm -hmm. and we were just like, yeah, we're here, we're having a good time. Yeah. It's a good one. It's just, like, it's, like, self-esteem music. Like, you can't just, like, not mm -hmm. feel like you're the shit listening yeah. to it. I've only ever, like, really done karaoke once, um, but it was for my friend's bachelor party, and that was the friend that we, when, we would just sit and watch Traffic Channel together, mm -hmm. um, and his, his bachelor party, so I was really excited to go and, and do, and just karaoke some wham with him. Nice. Did you do, you did? I, I, I did it. That, nice. was, that was, that was my, that was my call. I always say, like, the actual move for karaoke is to pick a song that you know that everyone else is going to sing along to so you can drown out your own bad singing. Exactly. I think that, yeah. that was, like, 90% of the songs. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, Death Row Meal. You're going to the chair. You can eat anything you want. It doesn't have to be realistic. Mm -hmm. what, uh, what are you going for? I think I might have to be the most, like, boring, generic Californian ever, <laughs> but just, like, a double-double from In-N-Out. Oh, um, nice. Both kinds of onions, not animal style though, but still a double double, um, with a strawberry shake. Nice milkshakes are always a good move. Yeah. Um, I will go. Uh, was thinking the start the other stereotype you're gonna mm -hmm. go, um, and I was gonna say uh, a big old Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> um, is uh, like no joke. Cheesesteaks are like one of my favorite foods. Yeah. Like, um. There's a place down the street from us here that does, like, um, like, big, like, subs. Like, not quite Hoagie Haven levels of, like, ridiculous, mm, but they oh. have, like... Yeah, you have me reconsidering it. I love me some Hoagie Haven. Hoagie Haven is good. I think I said Hoagie Haven for one of my answers, but... Give me five there's bag. the The Phantom Royale at Moogie's, which is, like, about half a mile from here, is, uh, cheesesteak with barbecue sauce and onion rings on it, in addition to the normal cheesesteak things, and... Yeah. It's uh, it's a good move. I really yeah. like it. Boogie Haven is my favorite part about doing anything in Princeton. Oh yeah, like fuck, I, I fuck I'll... Princeton because there are enemies, but uh, Princeton meets. <laughs> you get the Hoagie yeah, Haven. Yeah, love love Princeton meets. It's it's the the my two favorite part of Princeton meets. One of them doesn't exist anymore, 
they had um, a vending, a Coke vending machine by the bathroom, which which was a giant touchscreen. You could play Memory on it. Interesting. And so we'd just be playing Memory. I know you could play games on vending machines. I know, and, and and the thing was like we were hoping like secretly if you like got it like perfectly enough times, it'd give you like a free drink or something. But no, just it was it's fun to play memory and be really competitive about it. See, my thing about Hoagie Haven in college was like it was the like the fact that it was at Princeton was kind of weirdly perfect because like we would go there a couple times a year, mm-hmm. but we would only go there a couple times a year, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like. If Hoagie Haven was, like, in my college town, like, first of all, it would be disgusting. It would go way more than was appropriate. <laughs> Second of all, like, I feel like the specialness of it would, like, wear off a little. Like, it wouldn't be quite as, like, exciting to go to Hoagie Haven. But if yeah. you go, like, two, three times a year, it's just often enough for, exactly. like, you get your fix, but you're, like, really hyped for it. Exactly. You do, the t- you do the two Princeton meets that they have outdoors. They're, like, they're two weeks apart. They're good races. Um, and then you get hooking hand afterwards, and, and the thing about Princeton and Philly is that, you know, it's, it's like an hour, you know, I just, I go with yeah, the Hartford team, like, it's like an hour bus ride. It's like, a, and, and see, you, you get it, you get on the bus, and you spend half the bus ride eating your hoagie. Big group of guys go down to Princeton, that was always... I was, I was, for the past few years, I've been in charge of, like, organizing the orders, so I'm like, I'm like, what you want? Body bag, body bag, fat lady, yeah. eggplant part. You can't mess around. So many, cash so many, only, egg, too, cash ca- only. Yeah, cash yeah. only, man. Gotta, gotta do cash only. Everyone gives you their per diem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Turn a little profit off it, you know. I don't, I don't take any profit off it, just because just it also always ends up being, like, nine or ten bucks. Well, you also always have to, like, plan around, like, all right, who's running the last meet? Like, give someone your order, cool down there, we're going to get in line. Because, like, yeah. you go at the end of the meet, and everyone is in line there, and it takes, like, Exactly, I'm just like, like, listen, 10K guys, I love you, but... <laughs> I'm doing got, this got, for you. I gotta get, I'm doing this for you, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, well, dude, thanks for, for coming by and getting some sauce talk in. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm always down for sauce talk. You know, thanks for having me. It's good to be in Boston. Yeah, good fun, luck tomorrow. Fun, yeah, fun hopefully, maybe I'll hold off on recording the intro to this until after the meet so I can give people the uh, the race report as well. You gotta make them wait. Through the whole through the whole thing in case they haven't in case they haven't heard. They haven't peeped the results yet. <laughs> Nice. Well, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Wake me up before you go, go.